We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the Lakers Nation live post-game show slash podcast. The Lakers get the win over the San Antonio Spurs in a game that saw the return of Anthony Davis, saw the debut of Rui Hachimura. So much to talk about from this one. I'm excited to dive in with all of you. So if you're joining me from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, Welcome in. If you're listening to the podcast version of this, probably the next day, welcome as well. Make sure that you are subscribing over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, uh, especially as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline, as well as the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. You can do both things, by the way. You can subscribe on the podcast side, subscribe on the YouTube side as well. When you get the video version, get the audio version, you know, whatever suits you at the moment. Would not discourage anybody from, from doing that, subscribing in both places. Lakers get the win, 113-104, to 104, 20 points, 11 boards, or I'm sorry, 11 assists, 9 boards for LeBron James, 1 rebound shy of the triple-double. Thought he was going to get it. Thought that might have been why the Lakers left LeBron back in the game for the final, like, 40 seconds or something like that. Does not get the triple-double, though. 8-20 to 20 shooting, 1-6 of six from deep. Uh, then we had Patrick Beverly. Who knew? Microwave scorer. 6-12 for 12 shooting, 3-7 of seven from deep. Patrick Beverly, 18 points, three steals. That is a season high for AD, uh, for, for Pat Bev. And then AD, 21 points, 12 boards, four blocks, seven of 15 shooting, hits a three, six of seven from the line. He was a monster, five offensive rebounds. Welcome back, Anthony Davis. And please stop scaring us. We had, we had a couple of uh, hold-your-breath moments. AD tweaks his ankle, landing on Zach Collins' foot. Everybody went, oh, no. Here we go again. I uh, had another play where LeBron looked like he was going to throw a lob for him, and it was a miscommunication, and AD wound up on the ground. Scary moments, but it appears he made it through unscathed. So Anthony Davis, tremendous comeback performance. Uh, Russell Westbrook, 7 for 15, 14 points for Russ. Wasn't the best Russell Westbrook performance, but was able to salvage it a bit with some solid play in crunch time. And then... The newest Laker, Rui Hachimura. I thought this was a really nice debut for him. 12 points, six boards, four of seven shooting, one of three. Didn't seem like he was forcing anything, just kind of went with the flow of the game. Uh, made some good plays where his size was evident. His wingspan, he's 6'8 with a 7'2 wingspan. That was evident a few times. And he finished as a team high plus 17. Not a bad first outing 
for Rui Hachimura at all. So welcome to LA, Rui Hachimura. All right, Lakers after this, now we'll head out on a uh, road trip starting off Saturday in Boston. So competition is going to get much more difficult. The Lakers were hanging right there with the Spurs through most of the game. It was uncomfortably close. In fact, the Spurs had a lead for a little while. Lakers eventually turned it on in the fourth quarter and came away with the win. But let's get into some of your questions and comments here. Koa says, it's unbelievable how dominant AD is despite playing only 50 to 60% of strength on limited minutes. His defense, my goodness. But damn, that ankle, phew. Yeah, uh, AD, it's so obvious. It's so, like we saw it when AD was out, but everybody sees what happens when Thomas Bryant steps into the game. And this is not an anti-Thomas Bryant thing, but what does every team do? They go right to the basket. It's like Thomas Bryant isn't even there. And he actually had a decent block in this game, but they go right at him. AD comes into the game. Suddenly everybody goes, uh-oh, never mind. <laughs> we don't want to go to the basket. Four blocks in this game, some of them of the spectacular variety. Anthony Davis, what a difference it is having him on the floor. Again, that's not a knock on Thomas Bryant. He isn't known as a rim protector. It's not what he does. He did a solid job running the floor in this one, helped out on the boards. Not, not speaking ill of Thomas Bryant here, but defensively, oh boy, it is a noticeable difference having Anthony Davis out on the floor. Let's just hope they can keep him out there. Like Koa mentioned, that ankle, that was, that was scary, scary stuff. Joey C, if I was Rob, I'd get on the phone uh, with Utah and see if I can get Conley, Clarkson, Vanderbilt for Russ and both first thoughts. Um, so Conley, Conley's under contract for next year was largely seen as a negative value contract coming into the season. Clarkson is going to need a new contract because he's probably going to opt out. And that, so then you're going to have to pay him. So most of your value is coming in with it with Jared Vanderbilt, who I like. Um, he's a little bit undersized, but I think kind of takes on like a Wenyan Gabriel type role, but obviously he's better than, than Wenyan at this stage of their careers. But I wouldn't necessarily hate that you're adding Conley's playmaking. I think you're, you're filling um, a lot of key areas there for the Lakers. If you were to make that kind of a move. So I don't necessarily dislike it, but I don't know if it's the kind of move that just in terms of what the pieces you're actually putting onto the roster, but I don't know if it's quite the value the Lakers would want for both their first round picks. Like, I don't, I don't think that's enough to really wow the Lakers and make them say, yes, this, this is going to put us over the top. We're a championship team now, even though I think I can argue those are some really good pieces in terms of fit uh, with the Lakers. But yeah, I don't know that uh, LA would actually do that deal. Not for both firsts anyway, especially if they're still seeing Conley as a negative value on that contract. Asa Hearts, did you see the way the court opened up when Max and Rui were on the floor? spacing wings what a lovely thing and we did see that a little bit and how how amazingly cool was it and and maybe a little bit bizarre too to see when the lakers had a lineup out there i believe off the top of my head i, I believe it was dennis schroeder max christie was the two lebron was the three Rui hachimura was the four and anthony davis was the five i was looking around and i went this looks so weird. Why did it look so weird? Because the Lakers weren't drastically undersized for what, maybe the first time all season. It's felt like every single game, at least through the, the majority of the game, the Lakers are completely undersized. We certainly saw it against the Clippers. The Lakers were at a big size disadvantage at four of the five starting positions. And yet that lineup went out there. You've got Christie at six, five. You've got, uh, or no, Troy Brown was out there uh, as well. At one point he's six, six. You had, Real size out there on the floor. 
for the Lakers. They were not undersized, and it was great to see. It was great to see, in addition to the spacing that having real shooters out there. You know, Darvin kept going back. Coach Ham kept going back to that three guards set. He even finished the game with that. With Dennis Schroeder, Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook, I just don't like it. I just, I'm not a fan of that. I, and the, I think you can get away with that if Dennis Schroeder, Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly are all 38 to 42% three-point shooters. Like better than average three-point shooters where teams are going to be really sticking to them on the perimeter. Then you can get away with that. Um, but they're not. Teams are going to be more than happy with Russell Westbrook shooting threes. Dennis Schroeder can occasionally knock them down. Patrick Beverly's numbers have come back. But again, they're not striking fear into the hearts of opponents when they're shooting from behind the arc, particularly with Russ. So I'm not a fan of that lineup. And I think that now that you've got Rui in the mix, you don't have to go to that lineup anymore. Yet we still saw Darvin kind of rely on it a bit more than I was comfortable with, uh, more than I was expecting to see in this one. Mamba mentality. Glad we got the win, but still have concerns. Wenyan fell out of the rotation. Ham using the three-guard lineup. Yep, which I was just talking about. Uh, when you gave him size, three-pointers are still an issue. Yeah, we knew, like, getting Rui, he, you know, Hachimura hit the 1-3 the in transition, which is great to see. Uh, but you knew he wasn't going to solve your three-point shooting concerns. He can be an average three-point shooter. I think that's certainly well within the, the possible outcomes here. But he's not going to come in and shoot 45% from deep. He's not going to come in and be this sniper that teams are petrified of leaving. That's not what he's going to be. All you're asking him to do is just be average, just be an average three-point shooter, and the Lakers will be okay with that. That doesn't mean they've checked the box of, okay, now we're good in terms of our floor spacing. You still need to add more shooting to this roster, and that's one of the things that I would expect the Lakers to try to address ahead of the February 9th trade deadline. Now, from my understanding, is that the Lakers are going to go out on this road trip. Right now, prices are high still around the NBA. Perhaps the Lakers trade for Rui Hachimura, will reset the market a little bit where teams will go, oh, the Lakers were able to get a genuine talent in Rui and they didn't give up any firsts. They gave up seconds instead. So perhaps that takes all of these teams that are stomping their feet and demanding first-round picks like the Houston Rockets, the I mean, anybody basically, right? The Spurs, that every team out there that's in sell mode is asking for first-round picks. Maybe that gets some teams to come off of these crazy high asking prices. So the Lakers are going to go out on the road and... Towards the end of that road trip, we're going to get closer to the trade deadline. It'll probably be about you know February 4th or so. The road trip's going to be wrapping up. And that's when they can really start to reevaluate the trade market. And hopefully there's been a shift at that point where values come down a little bit. Teams start to get more realistic in terms of what they're going for, uh, what they're willing to trade players away for. And then by that point, the Lakers will also have an idea of how is Rui Hachimura fitting in? What's AD looking like? Is there something that, they need that they didn't anticipate is there an area that they've got covered that they didn't realize you've got a handful of games here to kind of get the guys together let them gel a little bit and then figure things out from there by the february 9th trade deadline so i do think the lakers are going to be active rob Palenka talked about it uh yesterday talked about how look they're they will still make a move if they feel like it can make them a championship contender so they're setting a very high bar for it but i would expect them to be in the mix trying to find shooting ahead of that february 9th trade deadline all right let's see what else we've got coming up here we do have some awards to get to in just a moment t kodak said he's back uh even had the signature injury scare that was terrifying terrifying i mean that from what i understand i did not have the sound on our playback stream where we were doing the play-by-play for the for this game 
Uh, by the way, if you haven't joined us for that, you definitely should. Come watch games with us. We all hang out. We watch the Lakers play. We talk hoops all the way throughout the game. It's a blast. We're all watching the same feed of the game. It's a lot of fun. But uh, And you can find the link in the description for all of our, our YouTube videos. You can come join us over on Playback. But in any event, that moment, I didn't have my feed audio turned on because I was busy talking. But from everybody in the chat, they said the crowd just, I mean, just the, the noise from the crowd when AD grabbed his ankle was pure terror, right? Because we all, we all felt it in that moment. In that moment, we all felt it. All right, let's get into our first award of the night. Superstar of the night. All right, the superstar of the night. We've got a few options here for this one. LeBron James, 20 points, 9 boards, 11 assists. Almost a triple-double. No steals, no blocks, 6 turnovers for, Le- for LeBron. LeBron looked a little bit winded, which after dropping, what was it, 46 last night against the Clippers? Understandable. 20 points for him, 8 for 20, shooting 1 of 6 from 3. Uh, LeBron is not the superstar of the night. The superstar of the night, it's welcome back, Anthony Davis. 21 points, 4 blocks, 7 of 15 shooting, hits a 3. In just 26 minutes, he made such an impact all over the floor, combined with LeBron looking like he was you know, playing on some wobbly legs for a bit there, which again, to be expected. But Anthony Davis was tremendous. He was the superstar of the night. He made a difference out there on both ends of the floor. Welcome back, AD. Even off the bench, AD gets the superstar of the night in this one. Um, I'm reading in the chat right now, people saying they just watched the AD post-game interview. He said he feels 100% despite almost ripping his ankle off shooting the half-court three. Well, I'm glad he feels 100%. That's fantastic news. Uh, Bruce, AD was amazing first game back. Not bad for Rui in his first game as a Laker, 100%. Uh, But Russ, I think, is the weakest link for the past three games. At this point, I think Rob needs to consider trading Russ. So I think the Lakers are probably going to be in the same boat with, with Russell Westbrook where... If teams are demanding that they pay some crazy price just to get Russ off the roster, I don't think they're going to be interested. But if there's a deal out there that makes sense, that's going to propel them to be a championship contender, I think they have to listen. And I don't want to overreact to these three games because any player can go through a slump in three games. Any player can do that. And I think overall on the season, if we step back, Russ has been arguably pretty solid for the Lakers. Now, We've seen some really poor moments from him in these past three games. Last three games, three for 13 shooting, four for 13 shooting, seven of 15 tonight. Last three games, he is one for 11 from deep, eight for 13 from the free throw line, including no free throws in two of those games, including tonight's game. No free throws tonight, no free throws against Portland. He has a total of 11 rebounds in those three games. Total of 11 rebounds. Total of 14 assists in three games. So those are both the rebounds and the assists down for Russ. Turnovers, not terrible. Not terrible. 3-2-3. So eight turnovers total in three games. That's not bad. But the shooting, it's not been there. Again, though, if you're the Lakers, you can't knee-jerk reaction to just three games. Right where you you oh no 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 now we need to trade this guy. Any player could go through a slump for three games. It's too small of a sample size. Now that said, I don't think that means you just don't consider trading Russ or anything like that. 
because there is the chance that this isn't just a slump and that this is some type of regression from him or, or something. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But I think if you're the Lakers, there's enough reason to consider trading him. But again, if the only deals out there are ones in which you get fleeced, you're better off just hanging on to him and hoping that he goes back to playing the way he has for much of the season where he's been an asset for the Lakers in terms of his passing and ability to get into the paint and all of that. And I thought we did see a spark from Russ late where early in the game he was driving and just missing layups at the rim. And, you know, we, we, we saw some loud mistakes from Russ. Late in the game, he was able to get to the rim a couple times, score, kind of keep the, the Spurs at bay, made it so, you know, LeBron didn't have to do anything. AD didn't have to do anything. Russ just said, here, give me the ball. I'm going to go score. And then uh, that gives us enough breathing room. So I think I, I'm still in the in the spot where if the deal makes sense, great. But if teams are demanding some crazy price just to get Russ off the roster, I don't think the Lakers do it. I don't think they will. Uh, Ace of Hearts said, missed part of class for this game. Rui and AD didn't disappoint. As a former teacher, I give you permission. Right? This this was, there. there you've learned some amazing things in school. But sometimes you just got to watch Lakers basketball. Sometimes you just got to watch Lakers basketball. It's just the way it goes. So if, if, you, if you catch any flack, just tell them another teacher gave you permission. Christian, good lineup. Dennis, Max, Rui, Braun, AD. Yep, that, that was good. And there was, there was size across each position. You know, Dennis, my goodness, Dennis Schroeder. What a hustle game for him. Multiple blocks. In this game, he even blocked Yaka Pertle. It was one of my favorites. And and Schroeder blocked him at 6-1. Schroeder went in there and blocked Yaka Pertle. Finished with two blocks on the night, four steals, five assists, eight boards. This was a really, you know, he didn't score a ton, only three of 12 shooting. But Schroeder did everything else for the Lakers in this game. He was, he was fantastic. Uh, Marty, if this team wants to go anywhere, Russ must go. Games like this prove it. Trade him for anything, and it would be addition by subtraction. See, I'm not ready to fall back into that just yet. I know that's like the knee jerk, right? But we can ride that roller coaster game to game. And for me, three games, it's just too small of a sample size. I mean, look, if we, the last three games have been rough, right? Go back four games and the Lakers and Russ plays a game that's so good that they, they don't win it without him. That game against Memphis, right? Like that's not that long ago. We're talking less than a week ago. So I'm not ready to totally just, oh, Russ is addition by subtraction, send him home, get him on the bench. That, that to, I don't want to fall back into that just yet. That Again, though, if you can find the right trade, you consider it. You have to. Have to. Kyle Hampton. Considering we're essentially integrating two new players, I expected a bit of an odd game. That's a great point. You know, everybody's saying, oh, the Lakers are just steamroll the Spurs. Even when you get a star-level player coming back, when you've been without them for, what, almost a couple months, it takes some time to get used to playing with that player on the floor again. Even a good player, right? There's going to be some messiness, some sloppiness, and we certainly saw that tonight. Overall, they were fine under the circumstances. Now again, for the second of the two most important games of the year. Yeah, if you can get this win over Boston on Saturday, I mean, that's that's going to be a tall order. That would be massive. That would be massive. James Bell, there's a rumor that Trey Young is trying to demand a trade to the Lakers, which makes sense why Russell Westbrook's been off his game. I haven't seen that rumor. Um, I know people like to throw stuff out like crazy. The Hawks would want more than the Lakers could pay. Let me just, just clear that up first and foremost. The Lakers don't have enough to give the Hawks to get Trey Young. Like, what, what's the Lakers' best offer? It's something around Russ, both first-round picks, four seconds, Max Christie, Austin Reeves, like everything that's not nailed down, you'd have to try to throw in for Trey Young. 
And I still don't think that's enough for the Hawks to do the deal. I'm, I would not worry about that. I don't see that move happening at all. Uh, Koa, old rush shooting three with full shot clock is back. That, like, a, a poor shooting night, I understand, but the poor decisions can be frustrating. Taking the pull-up three with 20 seconds or 18 seconds, whatever it was, left on the shot clock, that's the kind of stuff that's got to be cut out. We've been talking about that since last season. Um, that flagrant foul is why I never trust him, especially in the playoffs. Ham's still obsessed with the three-guard lineup. Yeah, the flagrant foul on Zach Collins, you got to wonder if that had anything to do with that foul that Collins had on Russ that busted open his forehead uh, the last time the Spurs and the, the Lakers played. Maybe there was a little bit of that in there, but Russ did pick up the flagrant. I thought it, as a decision maker, it wasn't a great game. But again, this was not a good Russ game overall. I thought he made some good plays down the stretch, though. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, let's see. Rui is a good pickup triple threat player with talent. Yeah, I think that, you know, what I liked about this game from Rui Hachimura is it really gave Lakers fans a sense of what Rui is, right? We saw moments where from a Lakers fan perspective, you went, whoa, okay, that, that guy's 6'8", right? We haven't seen that player all season. We haven't seen a guy aside from LeBron and Wenyon a guy who can be out there and play the wing and be a player with size at six, eight with a seven, two wingspan. We saw the moment where that wasn't a major play or anything, but that wingspan was obvious. He was able to reach in and deflect an inbound pass. And it just went right out of bounds again. It just, it stayed with the Spurs, but you just went, Whoa, okay. Like if that's whoever trying to play the three for the Lakers, if that's Troy Brown, if that's one of the guards trying to masquerade as a three or whatever, that deflection doesn't happen, right? It was noticeable when he was out on the floor. And then we saw the mid-range game a few times. That's really what he's best at. It's a mid-range shooter. And you saw how fluid he is, how smooth that mid-range shot is. He knocked in a three as well. That's really what you're going to get at Rui Hachimura. So I think this was a pretty good snapshot of who he is as a, as a player. And I thought he looked pretty good. I thought he, you know, check, check that box, right? Debut, done. And it, and it was a good debut. It was really good. Christian, Rui crashed the NBA app in Japan. Did he? I did not know. That. It wouldn't shock me. But that's awesome. That's awesome that, that that indeed happened. Chris said, if you had to pick one of our three-point guards to get rid of, which one would you choose? I'm tired of seeing three-point guard lineups. Um, so it's not Schroeder. I feel like Schroeder's probably got uh, the most trust from Darvin Ham right now. And so it's not Schroeder. And really, when I'm looking at this question, it's not so much 
who do I want off the roster? It's who do I think you're going to get the most for in a trade? So that's where it comes down to Patrick Beverly being an expiring $13 million contract um, where he's probably a neutral value or Russell Westbrook, who's a $47 million contract. You could do a big move, but, but you might have to pay to get him off the road to, you might have to attach stuff to Russ just to move him. If that is still a sentiment around the NBA, I would, I'd probably move Pat, but if the right deal is there, I wouldn't be opposed to moving Russ, particularly if the Lakers become an above the cap team, the Lakers become an over the cap team. There's a world where Pat's contract expires and he just sticks around next year. I think it's more likely that Patrick Beverly is a Laker next season than Russ. And I wouldn't say it's likely either of them are like less than 50% chance. Either of them individually are Lakers, but it's more likely Pat, I think would stick around than, than Russ. So Again, if the right deal is there for Russ, I'd do it. But I think you're actually going to have to give up assets in order to move Russ right now, right or wrong. Whereas Pat, I think you can put him in a deal. You can get the shooting that you need and uh, and go from there. So I would probably move Pat just because of just because of that. But again, it's there. I would not be opposed to moving Russ either. Patrick, what's your top eight players if the playoffs, playoffs start right now? So top eight. So your eight-man rotation, LeBron AD. Russ would be in the mix. He'd be in there. Thomas Bryant's getting in there. Uh, Schroeder's getting in there. So that's five already. Reeves would be in the mix, assuming everybody's healthy there. Uh, Then you're looking at Rui. And from there, it's Lonnie or Troy Brown, whichever one of those two players you're going to trust the most. Those, Those are my my top eight at the moment. And we'll see what Lonnie's form looks like coming back. Uh, Justin Pelicans are three game ahead. Do you still think uh, they do the pick swap? If at the end of the season, the picks are say five picks apart do you think they gamble on Braun being a year older and eighties injury history, who gets benched with when uh, Rui starts. So Justin asking this question, um, I, I think you're confusing two different things here. So the pick swap is just this year. They can't defer the pick swap to next year. What's next year, 2024 and 2025, those drafts, is the ability to defer. So right now, no matter if the Lakers pick is better than the Pelicans pick, the swap will be executed. The Pelicans will take the pick. Whether it's even if the, let's say the Lakers get the 18th pick and the Pelicans get the um, 19th pick, the Pelicans will execute the pick swap. They'll take 18. Lakers will take 19. That's If the pick swap is executed, that's the ideal situation for the Lakers that It's not much of a swap to begin with. Um, That's the way that is, but that's just this year. And if the Lakers are somehow better than the Pelicans, which doesn't appear likely right now, but if the Lakers finish with a better record than the Pelicans, then the pick swap won't be executed because the Pelicans would actually lose value then. And it just goes away. That's it. The end. Now, next year, the Pelicans can either take the Lakers 2024 draft pick or they can defer it and say, no, you know what? LeBron's still good right now. Let's kick the can down the road another one. Lakers, you keep your 2024 pick. We'll take 2025. That's what can happen there. So I think you're confusing the pick swap with the deferment option that they've got on the 2024 or 2025 picks. And that's it, by the way. You know, people say all the time, oh my gosh, the Lakers are so devoid of assets. They've got they've got no picks to trade. They've got nothing, all that. It's mostly the Stepien rule, right? That just says you can't trade, trade consecutive first round picks. 
that's preventing them from having a lot of first available to trade. They're going to have a first round pick this year, either theirs or the Pelicans. They will have a first round pick this year. The only first they lose a first rounder. There's a pick swap this year and they lose either their 2024 or 2025 first. That's it. You lose one of those done. That's it right now. The Lakers have all the rest of their picks. Now, minus the second rounders that they moved in uh, in the Rui Hachimura deal. The Lakers are not nearly as draft pick poor as it looks like when we're talking trades. The Stepien rule kicks in because you can't move consecutive first-round picks. And next thing you know, you're talking about 2027 to 2029 because the Pelicans could take the 2025 pick. And so that slides everything back. But the Lakers aren't as draft pick poor as people seem to think that they are. All right. Let's see what else we've got here. We do have some more awards to get into. Actually, let's go ahead and do that right now. Let's do an, an award here. Let's go with this one. Star in your role. All right. The star in your role goes to the role player who we think played the best game. And this is an interesting one to me because there's a number of guys who stepped up in this game. I look at Patrick Beverly, 18 points, season high, 18 points, two steals and a block, three of seven from deep, six of 12 shooting. Dennis Schroeder didn't shoot great, three for 12, one of six from three, but eight boards, five assists, four steals, two blocks, plus 15 on the night. Rui Hachimura, he's in the mix, 12 points, six boards, four of seven shooting. I think you can make an argument for those three. I have a hard time going against Pat when he puts up his season high in points. I'm curious to see what the chat has to say here. But I'm going to go Dennis. I'm going to go Dennis Schroeder. I think in terms of his overall impact on the game, Dennis Schroeder was all over the place. Dennis Schroeder's making plays. He's selling out. He was blocking shots. He was getting rebounds. He's getting assists, uh, coming up with big, big steals. He had four steals on the night. Patrick Beverly was great scoring the basketball, and he did some good things defensively as well. But I felt like Dennis was a catalyst for more in this game, and perhaps that's also reflected by their plus-minus. Dennis was a plus-15 on the night. Pat was a minus-four. So Patrick Beverly, tip of the cap, right? Season-high 18 points, shot the ball great. But I'm going Dennis Schroeder. I'm going Dennis Schroeder for the star in your role. Rui, you know, if Rui played 35 minutes or something, maybe he'd be getting in the mix there too. But I think it's Dennis Schroeder that uh, that I'm going to go with for the star in your role tonight. It's always great. Isn't that great when it's not just by default a certain player, when you've got multiple guys you can consider? We've had nights this season where it's been slim pickings, where there really hasn't been anybody who stepped up. Tonight it was multiple players. Tonight it was multiple. L. Baller, Anthony needs one of those curry braces. Maybe if, it, if that thing is some magical ankle brace, sign him up for one. Put it in. I will use my Amazon Prime account and, and get him one. Uh, you can tell the boys are coming off the second night of a back-to-back. Yep. Yeah, especially LeBron. I thought it was very noticeable with LeBron. Um, they looked like they played the second night of a back-to-back. They were not completely focused the entire game, looked like there were some tired legs at some moments and things, which again, it's to be expected. But then when they needed to win the game, they made the big plays in the fourth quarter. Win, Diego. 
Oh, Diego, I wish I had the answer to this. When will Ham give up on the three-guard lineups? I don't know. They're driving me crazy too, though, um, especially when you've got Rui in the mix. I thought Max Christie was playing well. You don't, you don't have to go to the three guards who are all about six feet tall lineup anymore. You don't have to do that. That's the beauty part of getting Rui. Um, I would imagine as Rui gets into the mix, and then especially Lonnie Walker, Austin Reeves. Lonnie was questionable to play tonight. Reeves was not, but both are going to get reevaluated. Fingers crossed. There's some hope they could play Saturday against the Celtics. I think when that happens, it's really hard to do that three-guard lineup anymore because both Reeves and Lonnie really should be twos. If you're playing them at the two, you don't you don't need those extra point guards on the floor. You just don't. Uh, Rui's offense reminds me of ISO Joe. Joe Johnson, huh? Not a bad debut. His um, the mid-range, the 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 dribble into the paint, spin, uh, jumper. Reminds me, I get DeMar DeRozan. That's the guy I, I think of with that. But any of those guys, kind of a throwback player in that way where he really loves the mid-range. That's what he is. He's a mid-range shooter. That's where he's comfortable. And that's not today's game. So again, bit of a throwback there, but he's effective with it. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Mom mentality. Sp size worked on the Spurs in the fourth. Braun, Rui, Thomas Bryant. Yep. We didn't get to see AD and Thomas Bryant together. They just kind of tag team the center position. AD winds up playing 26 minutes. Thomas Bryant played 21. I would have liked to have seen AD and Thomas Bryant on the floor together. We need to see what that looks like. And look, this is the first game back for AD. I get it. You don't want to have to play him 30 minutes, 35 minutes, anything like that. But I really want to see what the two of them can do side by side. Jaysop said, Beverly scored 18 points, but was still a minus four. Russ or Bev have to go. Bev scored 18. Uh, Bev nor Schroeder can't play make. That's a weakness. Yeah, neither Beverly or Schroeder are great playmakers for others. Just not really what they are. You know, we even saw there was a moment where I believe it was Dennis tried to throw a pass to AD and it just kind of like hit AD in the head and went out of bounds. There, there was this weird thing in their season together back in what, 2021, where Schroeder threw like no lobs to AD. They connected on like one lob the entire season or something. That's not really Schroeder's skill set. It's just having that kind of innate passing feel to his game. It just It's not really there. Um, which is fine. He still does does other things well. But if you do move Russ, I think that is something you have to take into consideration, that you don't get that passing that that Russell Westbrook would have. You're not going to get that out of Dennis Schroeder. You're not going to get that out of Patrick Beverly. That's not what they are as guards. Um, so something to consider there. Kronos, it's never going to happen, but here's a fever dream deal. All right, this should be good. Russ Jones, 27 and 29, unprotected okay so russell westbrook damian jones both picks and the four remaining seconds okay so this is like all in for oh my oh my for og ananobi gary trent jr and thad young if the raptors would say yes you do this in a second if you're the lakers trouble is they won't raptors reportedly the raptors have a three first round pick offer already for og ananobi now, I don't think those are three good first-round picks. Like, the Lakers' two unprotected should be pretty darn valuable. I would imagine the Lakers' two unprotected would be more valuable than three picks where, you know, one is kind of a fake pick, 
where it, it, you know, it's unlikely to convey and then it's going to become second rounders or whatever. Another one's like top 14 protected and stuff. The Lakers picks, if they were unprotected, I would think would have some real value for OG and Anobi. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is another good potential target, but I just don't think they have enough to get both. I don't think they have enough to get both guys. If they, if they do, if they're happy, if Messiah is willing to do this, take it, take it and run. David, uh, Hachimura was solid. Hope LeBron plays one more after breaking the scoring record so we can have more length. Uh, oh, plays the one more. Plays point guard more so we can have more length at every position. Get another shooting wing, please. You know, LeBron doesn't want to have to run the offense every single time down the floor, so I think asking him to play the one a lot, like back in 2019-2020 season, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, I do think that Rui, and if you can make another move for a scoring or a shooting wing, you could wind up with Actual size on the Lakers. Bubba, Terrence Ross and Bull Bull. Bull, nope. Magic will not move Bull Bull like that for Pat Bev plus whatever you need to compete it. Complete it. No first thoughts. No. Orlando will not move Bull Bull. He's been really good for them. They like what they found in him. Yeah, they're they're not going to move him. They're not going to move Terrence Ross. Sure, they'll 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 move him, but they will not move Bull Bull like that. Mark Jones. Oh, him is pissing me off. Why do we still have these triple guard lineups? We should have used this game to practice a lineup that will better our defense. I'm I'm with you, Mark. I'm fingers crossed, <coughs> fingers crossed, hoping that when Lonnie and Austin come back, which again, probably going to be next game, we don't see this anymore. We don't see this anymore because you shouldn't. You shouldn't. And you, you could have worked the rotation tonight at, where you didn't see this. I don't like the three-guard lineups either. Again, you can get away with it if all three of those guards can shoot. They can't. And so the size starts to become an issue. Not to mention the defensive concerns, all the other stuff. Billy, Lakers are only three games behind the Pelicans. Yeah, let's go. The Western Conference, it's tight. It's going to be a close race all the way through. Hopefully AD getting back, stays healthy. LeBron can rest up now for a couple days before they have to play Boston. Rui Hachimura comes in. That gives you a boost. Hopefully you get... Another trade done for February 9th. Make a push. Make a push. I talked about this today on the radio. I said, you know, the Lakers, they like a run to the five or six seed is not out of the question here for this team. That's how compact the West is. I won't say it's likely, but that's not out of the question if they can stay healthy for them to make a push to the five or six seed. That's how compact the West is right now. Most seasons, that wouldn't be the case if they were sitting in 11th or whatever. I swear if we do the indie trade for Russ, it's over. So Miles Turner, Buddy Heald for Russell Westbrook, both picks unprotected. Pulling the trigger. The Lakers didn't think that was enough bang for their buck the night before media day. I was in favor of doing the deal. I think when I look at that trade, it could still be really interesting and worthwhile to do. The question becomes, though, how much do you buy what Thomas Bryan has brought. Because if you're bringing in Miles Turner and you've got Anthony Davis, you don't have much need for Thomas Bryan anymore. Like his minutes would go down to hardly any. So how much do you buy that Thomas Bryant can be a positive contributor night in, night out for the Lakers? If the answer is that you do buy it, then maybe you could say, well, wouldn't we be better off using these assets to find other positions if we feel like AD and Thomas Bryant can hold down the center position. Now you can also make the argument that, oh my gosh, Miles Turner and Anthony Davis together would 
I mean, that would just be an eclipse at the rim. That kind of rim protection is insane, having the two of them together. Like, good Lord. Imagine going into the post and you're attacking Anthony Davis knowing Miles Turner's coming from the weak side or vice versa. Stuff and nightmares for opposing teams. So there's that aspect too. So I'm, I'm curious about what the Lakers would do if that deal was on the table. I think I'm still in favor of it. Buddy Heal gives you the three-point shooting that you need. It would be, I think it could be a move that would really put you over the top. I don't know if the Lakers see it that way or not, though. Has their thinking changed? Because right before media day, they didn't think that was a move that would put them over the top. And I do think that you're, that you're losing Russ's passing. And you have to figure out some way to address that. So there's some question marks there. Not to mention, not just Anthony Davis on the floor was going to make you hold your breath and have a heart attack every game with injury scares. AD and Turner together, that could also be, be terrifying. Uh, this comment from Kasuke said, Darvin is as clueless as Vogel. Why does he keep playing three guards? Rush, Schroeder, and Beverly is not a lineup. Preaching to the choir. Yep, I would like to see that lineup abolished. Uh, Victor, would you do Terry Rogier, Kelly Oubre for Westbrook and a first and some seconds? Okay, so Terry Rogier and Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre is hurt right now, so I don't think you're trade for him. Terry Rogier for Westbrook, and you got to give up a first and seconds? I don't think so. Terry Rogier hasn't shot the ball great this year. Maybe in the offseason that would have been something we'd, we'd discussed, but he hasn't shot the ball great. Um, and he's got multiple, I think three years after this left under contract, he got a lot of money left on his deal. So I wouldn't be willing to give up assets in order to turn Russell Westbrook into Terry Rozier right now. Um, at least anything significant, definitely not a first Pat Bev and Lonnie Walker for Bogdan. I'm assuming that's, that's not Bojan Bogdanovich, not talking about the Pistons, but Bogdan Bogdanovich for the Hawks and another first. That's interesting. I, I, I like both the Bogdanoviches, but I, again, I don't know if that's what the Lakers would give up first for. Not to say they're not worth it. I think the Lakers really want, if they are of this mindset of, hey, if we're going to give up a first, it's got to be something really special. Vector, that dunk attempt by Rui was a little mellow-esque the way he moved. He was quick on that, surprisingly quick surprisingly quick the way he got baseline and then went up to throw that down. Had he not been fouled on that, like right across the arm as he, and the, the refs called it, but had he not been fouled on that, that, I mean, the, the, I almost called it Staples Center, crypto.com uh, arena, which is, I mean, the roof would have blown off. I hope Rui can at least function like a younger Markeith when he was with us. AD looked really good too. Uh, he's a little bit more perimeter based than Markeith Morris doesn't quite have that kind of toughness in the, in the paint at the rim in terms of rebounding. So different player, different style of player, but similar size. Like you're not, you're never going to ask Rui Hachimura to be your small ball five. You're not. Markeith Morris was the Lakers small ball five, literally in the playoffs uh, against the Houston Rockets. You're not going to ask Rui Hachimura to do that. So they're, they're very different in their, their skill sets, but I think he can be good for the team. Now, Marcus Morris, but he wasn't with the Lakers. So Jason, Patrick Beverly improving his trade value tonight. I love it. I don't know. I mean, I think teams kind of know what Pat is. And a one 18-point scoring game, I don't think it's going to change his value much. Hunter said the Lakers get Joe Harris, plan on being an over-the-cap team after Rui resigns, so take on long-term money uh, for the Nets. And then, okay, so you get Joe Harris. The Nets get Miles Turner. 
Pacers get Beverly, Lonnie, uh, a Brooklyn first, and an LA second. So the Pacers trade Turner. The Lakers are getting Joe Harris, and they're giving up Beverly and Lonnie in a second. Bev, Lonnie, in a second for Joe Harris. Meanwhile, Brooklyn gets Turner. I think I would just try to be the team getting Turner if I'm the Lakers in that deal. I would try I would try to figure that out. Um, I, I do like Joe Harris, though, as a shooter to come in, potentially. Um, it, that's an interesting fit. I don't mind that at all. And then you're getting this done without having to give up a first. Then you go into the offseason. You add your shooting. There's some benefits to this. You add your shooting, and you go into the offseason now with three first-round picks to play with because you get your pick this year plus 2027 to 2029. You can trade the pick this year once it's not a pick, once you use it on a player. Lakers have done this several times already in the past. So there is some benefit to doing something like this. Find your shooting still without having to give up a first. So I do like that and some good outside of the box thinking, but it just, it just feels, it just feels bad being part of a trade and sending miles Turner to Brooklyn. Mamba life. We're not that far off a shooter and Dwight. I don't know what Dwight has left to, to give the Lakers right now, but interesting idea. Uh, a shooter, though. Yes, please. Definitely needed. JJ, I'm happy about the win, but the three-guard lineup. Everybody is so upset with this three-guard lineup. Starting to take me off. It isn't good on either side of the ball. Needs to stop. I'm in agreement there. Lakers didn't pull away until LeBron started to play make. LeBron had three incredible dimes in a row. He had, what, one, I think there was a play. I think one went to Thomas Bryant. One went to Max Christie. One went to Schroeder. And that was where the Lakers really surged ahead in the fourth. And that was kind of all she wrote. That was essentially like the, the dagger. And it was, I don't know, like the seven minute mark, eight minute mark or something in the fourth quarter. And it was once LeBron really started dishing the ball. And look, those shots went down. So that's certainly part of it. They made the shots off of those passes, but it was like LeBron pushed down on the gas pedal and said, okay. And then just made the right plays and surged the Lakers ahead. But yeah, until that, it was pretty close. And we were kind of, it felt like the Lakers should be in control in this game and should win the game. But the whole time in the back of your mind, you're like, I better not find a way to lose this thing because that that would be a really bad loss. KM, it looks like Westbrook's uh, defenders have figured out Westbrook's moves. Coach Ham needs to draw up more creative plays for him. He's too predictable out there. To a degree, uh, maybe, but I think the, the game plan is pretty simple for Russ, regardless of what defenders have figured out or not. It's try to keep him out of the paint, um, make him shoot jumpers, Sag off, give him jumper. If he's shooting a three, don't stop him from doing it. Don't close out. Let him shoot it. Um, that's that's the game plan for Russ. Now, maybe you can say you want to contest at the rim certain ways. He's going to spin this way or that or, or whatever. But I don't know that. I think Russ is going to thrive at his best in, in chaos when teams aren't set for him, when he can just attack kind of a, a, a non-set defense and then go from there. And a lot of that is comes from getting stops. And I thought the Lakers weren't doing a good enough job getting stops against the Spurs team which in theory would create a non-ideal environment for Russell Westbrook. Juno said, we got the win. Yep. First game teaser for the new additions. The road trip coming up is very important in keeping us in the playoff hunt and be good gauge for the Lakers. I look forward to your lives after every game. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Um, thank you for joining us for this. Yeah. The next stretch of games here. So here's what the Lakers have coming up. So they head out on the road. And 
Saturday against Boston, Monday at Brooklyn. That's going to be a big one. So you got two back-to-back. Those are two very difficult games, um, even without Kevin Durant. Um, Tuesday at the Knicks. So you go back-to-back, Brooklyn and New York, back-to-back on the road. Ouch. At least you're in New York, but still. Then Thursday at Indiana. Now, will Halliburton be back by then? I'd have to look around and see. I don't know uh, off the top of my head if he'll be back by that one. Um, That would be a big, big difference there. And then Saturday, February 4th at New Orleans. Obviously, that's a big one. The pick swap at play in play and all that. I look at this road trip and I say, if the Lakers can go three and three and two, I'm happy. I'm happy with the three and two road trip. um, If you can pull that off three and two, I'd be I'd be pretty happy with that. A win over New Orleans. If you told me they went two and three, but one of those two wins was against New Orleans, I think I would take that too because that's so big for the pick swap, putting a loss on a New Orleans record, a win onto the Lakers record. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone there. So um, that's going to be a big one. And also we're going to have the subplot of watching LeBron's race for the scoring title. As of this moment, he has 158 points to go. 158 to go. I'm, it feels like if he plays in all five, he's going to do it on the road. It feels that way. Now, he only had 20 tonight, so maybe not. You have to put up, what, 30 a game through five games to do it? A little bit more than 30? But he's had these games where it goes off for 42. I've been saying from the beginning, though, that it's happening Tuesday, February 7th, that that's going to be the date. So I'm going to stick with that. I think it's still likely, especially with the 20-point game tonight, but... We could be talking LeBron passing the passing Kareem in New Orleans. And we'll see. Who knows? Maybe LeBron doesn't play second night of a back-to-back or something in New York. We'll see. Matthew, I'm scared that if Westbrook starts seeing Rui cutting to the rim now, he'll feel like he has to do the same, get sloppy and take away from Rui's game. I don't necessarily have that same fear. Like, Rui plays a very different style of game than Russ. I don't think Russ is going to see Hachimura do things and say, oh, I need to do the same thing. Um I thought there were a couple of moments where the Lakers maybe tried to force the ball to Rui or maybe kind of weren't sure timing and stuff like that with him. That's to be expected. I don't, I don't think Russ necessarily, I don't think that it changes much. Like he's been in the league a long time. He's played with Rui Hachimura before uh, with the Wizards. Um, Yeah. I'm not too worried about it. Are you worried? I would worry more that Russ sees Rui uh, cutting and feels like he has to send the ball, has to pass it to him. Um, and forces things that aren't there. Maybe that's what you were trying to say with that. I don't think Russ is going to see Rui cutting and say, I have to do the same thing and cut in that exact same way. Uh, M. Love said, if the, oh, Mo Love said, if the Lakers pull the trigger on the Pacers deal, they'd have the best starting five in the league and a deep bench. Got to stop waiting for stars. What would be the starting five? LeBron, AD, Miles Turner, Schroeder, and then who's your two? Reeves, Lonnie, Troy Brown have plenty of size. Off the bench, you would have Rui, Thomas Bryant, Pat Bev. Yeah, could be a really good team. Lonnie, yep. Oh, I knew this would come up at some point. Trade idea. Levine for Russ and two picks. Yeah, Zach Lowe, that was, I listened to the show, that was a hypothetical. That was not Zach Lowe saying, I'm reporting that this trade is being discussed. 
Zach Levine to the Lakers for Russell Westbrook and two first round picks. That was Zach Lowe saying, this is a trade that in my head makes sense. And which team, he literally said, which team would say no, the Lakers or the Bulls. You have to give up Russ and two picks. You get Zach Levine. And he said there were light protections on one of the first round picks or, or whatever. Again, not something that's actually being discussed. He made arguments why the Lakers should or shouldn't do it. He made arguments why the Bulls should or shouldn't do it. It's not a real like rumor. It's not him reporting that the Lakers and Bulls are talking. So I want to make sure that's clear. Now, if that's really out there and that's on the table, I think it's the type of move the Lakers would do. I don't know if it's the type of move that they should do. And you can make arguments for it. So I'm not totally against it. I think you can make an argument for it. But... I would like to see a deep roster again. I would like to see more of a 2020 roster build and going after another big salary on an injury prone star in Zach Levine, who's look, his knees have been looking better, but still, I don't know if that's the, the path I want to walk down here. If I'm the Lakers giving up everything, all those picks, you know, both those picks plus Russ and you get Zach Levine. I like Zach Levine, the LA guy and all that kind of stuff, but I don't know if I'm doing that deal. I don't know. I think I could talk myself into it and I need to dig further into the advanced stats and really give it some thought. But I know that's floating around out there. My main purpose here in mentioning this was to get it out there that, hey, that's that's not a real rumor right now. It's not, it might make sense for both sides to discuss it at some point, but the Bulls are starting to win some games too. So I I would be surprised if that's what, what uh, ultimately happens. Uh, Yo said Russ is unplayable in the half court playoff game slows down. The fear is right. that Russ come playoff time. Other teams would just do what the Lakers did to him when he was with Houston and he would shoot them out of the series, you know, just taking those jumpers and, and all that. And when the game slows down, Russ in the half court is where he's at his weakest, right? Where the lack of shooting is, uh, is very apparent. And those are, those are real concerns. The Lakers have to consider. Uh, Trayvon said, I would like to see an AD and Thomas Bryant lineup. Russ has got to go. I would like to see the two bigs too. I would like to see them together for sure. All right, we're going to do one more and then we'll do the master lock. Uh, the notorious MOE Mo said, Rui has me excited for his fit with the team. Highest in plus minus hit some good shots and an actual wing as the weak side defender. He said, star in your role for Rui Hachimura. I went with Dennis Schroeder, but Rui was good in this one. Now remember Rui Hachimura, it's not like, Hey, cool. We've got somebody to guard Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard now and lock them down. That's not what Rui Hachimura is as a player, as a defender, but he at least has the size, the length to where he can bother players. He can do some work in the paint. He's not a great physical rebounder. That's not really what he is either at this stage of his career, but he's at least of the right size to where he's, he's not just going to get shot over, right? They, they're not just going to shoot over him. And that's key. That's key. Again, not a fantastic defender, but he's good enough. And the Lakers needed players that are of his size that can do those things. I thought he made a difference. I thought he looked good. It's a good debut for him. Now you really get thrown into the fire. If you're Rui Hachimura, um, welcome back. Now you get to deal with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. We'll see what he does next game against the, the Celtics. That's going to be a really interesting matchup for the Lakers. All right, let's get in to our Master Lock of the Night. Master Lock of the Night. 
All right, we always finish out the night by taking whatever was the most annoying thing from the game and putting it in our buddy Chris, the Masterpiece Masters, finishing hold, the Master Lock. So, chat, I want to hear from you. What are you Master Locking from this game? I know what I am Master Locking from this game. I know a lot of people, seeing a lot of people saying the three-guard lineup. That was certainly annoying. No question. That was annoying. My Master Lock, though, it's going to Zach Collins' foot. Get out of the way of Anthony Davis's ankles, please. He turns his ankle, landing on Zach Collins' foot on a heave at the end of the third quarter. Got three free throws, helped to close the gap for the Lakers, so that worked out. But, oh, my goodness, that was terrifying when Anthony Davis was on the ground, reaches down, grabs his ankle. We're thinking, oh, no, here we go again. I am master-locking Zach Collins' foot for being in Anthony Davis's landing space, ended up being a flagrant foul. That gets the master lock for me. It was three free throws again for the Lakers. We'll take it. It was a half-court heave, a three-point attempt. But my goodness. Yeah, that's that's rough. Um, by the way, guys, if you sent in a super chat and I did not get to it, I will add it to tomorrow's show. So uh, it will not get ignored. I'm going to save them and we'll put them into tomorrow's show. We'll still answer those questions I'm going to be recording tomorrow night. In fact, if you are on the AMP app, if you haven't downloaded it, you can find it on uh, on iOS. The AMP app, I actually stream the show as I'm recording it. Most people listen to it after the fact. But if you'd like to be part of the show, you can join me on the AMP app and you can actually call in. Um, call in, talk directly to me. We'll talk Lakers basketball. And that'll be part of the show that I'm going to record tomorrow night. I've got it scheduled for 9 o'clock Pacific time. Tomorrow night on the AMP app, all you got to do is search my name, Trevor Lane, and you can find uh, the show scheduled right there for tomorrow night. So that's where I'll also add the Super Chats in, and people can call in, and we'll talk hoops on the podcast tomorrow night. Again, 9 o'clock tomorrow night. Hopefully, we'll see you there. All right, everybody. Thank you guys for joining me. Lakers get the win. Anthony Davis returns. Rui Hachimura makes his debut. Oh, it was a good night. It was a good night overall. And I'm so appreciative of all of you for coming in here and joining and being part of the show. And um, again, thank you guys. This, it's, it's so much fun when we get to share nights like this with all of Lakers Nation. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we get a similar result on Saturday against those hated Boston Celtics. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.